stranger clicks onto your company website, what can you do to take that stranger and transform them into a customer? Or better yet, a raving fan. In this episode, we will dive into the details of building a buyer's journey for your B2B brand. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news, you're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Uh, welcome to Growth Team Radio. This is Chris Dubois, your host for today. And I am joined today by Ben Clements, one of our growth marketers and client lead here at Lean Labs. And today we are going to talk about B2B buyer journeys. All right, Ben, what's up? How's it going, man? Hey, yeah, great to be here. Excited to uh, hang out, chat about buyer's journey and uh, yeah, jump right into it. So awesome. yeah, thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, you say that now, but I, I know every time I bring a, a team member on, they're like, this guy again? Uh, <laughs> uh, I already have to talk right. to you every freaking day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's jump right in, starting with uh, definitions, because that's usually the most important thing to be able to even have a conversation. Uh, what's yeah. your take? What is a buyer's journey? Sure. Uh, so I think of the buyer's journey as sort of the the total composite of all the interactions that a potential customer has with your brand. Um, and then we think about it as like a process. Um, it's kind of mapped to the uh, the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, that whole thing, where they're going to go through a series of stages or series of steps um, and kind of move along in a process. And so basically the, the buyer's journey is basically moving from a, a state of total unawareness. They've never heard of you. They've never heard of your solution. They might not even know that they have a problem that you can solve. And then getting them all the way to the point where they become a customer, um, they stick around, they evangelize your brand, and they become you know lifelong, awesome customer for you. And so it's yeah. those you know series of fa- phases that kind of runs through that whole process. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Good starting place. Um, now, because we are also reaching out to B2B uh, companies rather than B2C, we should probably differentiate um, just between the two of those and how those those actually might be uh, separate buyer journeys. Sure. Different. Yeah, so the way I think about B2B versus B2C buyer's journey is it's, it's a very similar sort of map or trajectory, and there's just a little bit of nuance and difference in, in there. Um, one of the major differences between B2B to B2C is that for most B2B purchases, and of course, these are generalizations and there will always be exceptions, um, but for most B2B solutions, services, products, um, part of that buyer's journey involves a conversation with a salesperson at the, at the organization. Um, you know, most B2B products can't be sold without that touch point, without that real face-to-face interaction where the salesperson can kind of take them through, you know, audit what they're currently doing, show how their solution fits into what they're, um, what they're doing at their business and, you know, has that sort of personal touch to kind of get that, that sale across the line. Um, very few B2B products can be sold asynchronously or just totally online. Um, yeah. And then the other, you know, the other major difference is, well, B2B products tend to be a little bit of a higher ticket sale. So that's, you know, part of the reason you need that sales, that sales touch. Um, you know, obviously there's, you know, consumer products like Maseratis and houses and stuff that are a little bit more expensive. Um, but in general, uh, B2C products can be sold, you know, e-commerce style where there's no need for that touch point. 
Um, and then right. the other major difference is just the the sort of mindset of a B2B buyer versus a B2C, B2C buyer. So when you're a consumer, you're thinking about your own needs, your own goals, your own objectives, and what you are trying to accomplish in your life. You know, what, what shirt's going to look awesome on, on you. Um, but when you're a B2B buyer, you're making, you're considering the company and you're considering, you know, not just what it'll do for you, but whether this is a good investment for your business to make. Um, you're thinking about what, you know, how this purchase will reflect on you and your reputation within the organization. So like if you're if you're the person that brings this this new technology that kind of moves the business forward, obviously that gives you some, you know, um, some clout within the organization. And then there's obviously the flip side of that, where if you, you know, make this multi thousand dollar investment and it turns out to be not a great technology or not a great solution um, that can really, you know, harm your career in the long term. And so, so yeah. B2B buyers just have have that sort of extra that extra sort of layer where they're they're considering, you know, how this will affect the entire organization and not just themselves. Yeah, I like that applying status to it, right? We're like, right. I might, I might go buy, you know, this brand of clothing versus this one because of the status. But now B2B, if I'm spending someone else's money to achieve a goal that we're all counting on, right? We have unity and alignment around whatever our target is. Right. Like now that status can be impacted a lot more heavily. 100%. 100 percent. i mean it can it can literally affect the trajectory of your career right this one buying decision. so yeah. it's, it's yeah that's another great point right b2c i don't like the shirt i'm gonna return it uh right. b2b i don't like this one-year contract for, for this tech uh right I'm my job uh, right but, that we spent three months yeah. three months implementing we have all this sunk cost into training and onboarding <laughs> right. and all of this and and it's just not working out that yeah you can lose your job it's it's yeah. that's the reality all right so B2B, the stakes are raised. Um, 100%. So now let's just talk. All right, we're, we're an outsourced growth team, right? We come in, people hire us. We build buyer's journeys. We work on their websites, do all that. Why is it important for our clients to have just a strong buyer's journey? Yeah, good question. Um, so when I think about why it's important to be intentional about building a buyer's journey for mm -hmm. customers to come into, one of the main reasons is that the majority of people, when they land on your website, especially in B2B, they're not ready to make a purchase that day. Very few people are going to discover you for the first time, be like, yep, that's exactly what we need. We're ready to buy. Let's pull the trigger. Let's make this happen. The majority of people, the majority of B2B sales require multiple touch points, several to many touch points to actually advance and complete that sale. And so when you, many, many businesses, when they build their website, they, they only build it for hot leads. Like people that are like referrals or that have already heard about you elsewhere and already kind of know that they want what you have and are just coming to kind of confirm that and get the details. Um, and so those those websites are, are great for hot leads. They say, this is our thing. This is why it's awesome. This is why you should buy it. And it does pretty well for people that are have been referred to you and actually want to make that purchase. They're already coming in hot and ready. But for the majority of visitors for your site, they're not those hot referral leads. And so they're coming into your site and they're saying, you know, this is our awesome product. This is why we're awesome. And it's very me, 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 me. And they're not seeing themselves in that website. And they're not seeing how it kind of fits into their life. And so they just leave. And so you'll see things like high bounce rates, you know, low conversion rates across the site, that sort of thing. Um, the flip side of that, building that buyer's journey is that you can make pages and make content for people along every stage of the buyer's journey. So no matter who they are, no matter where they are in their buying process, they can come into your website and they can find content that's for them. And that can help move them along through that process.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, I like it. Um, so you mentioned some of the problems, right? Someone comes in, they're a hot lead. Um, it's probably more specific too when you have a like a newer company where you're relying a lot on word of mouth and relying on referrals and and doing one to one sales for everything. Um, getting a lot of hot leads in and like having something for them to convert on, like it's great. But yeah, as you're starting to grow the company, it's like, what are you doing with all the cold traffic? Like you're, right. I have definitely made purchases from an Instagram ad and I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. Like, but it's it, again, B2C. Um, right. Like I've never gone to a new company B2B and just like going to buy it. Let's do it. Let's figure out if it, if it works, if it's for me, it's like, no, I'm going to research yeah. it before making this investment. Right. Uh, and so I guess attached to that, are there set challenges that you've seen with actually implementing a buyer journey or like hesitations from a company um, where they may not necessarily like, they don't see the importance as much, right? With, with right. needing this. Any, uh, any takeaways from that? Yeah. So I think, I think sometimes people just don't, you know, marketers and especially founders that don't have a strong marketing background don't necessarily see the value of that entire buyer's journey and the the value of um, nurturing cold and warm leads, mm-hmm. it, especially startups that are in this kind of fast pace, we got to win today sort of mentality. Right. It's hard for them to think long-term. And so it's, it's hard for them to want to invest time, energy, money, mm-hmm. and build out pages for leads that aren't ready to buy right now. However, if you want to build a long-term business, you cannot scale on just hot leads. You need to figure out how to start bringing warm leads along into the process and start bringing those cold leads through as well. And if you're if you're not able to do that, if you're not able to build those systems and those processes, you're just going to continue to struggle to break through the the growth barrier that you're at right now. Yeah. So I think yeah, just that that mentality shift of like just because this person doesn't buy today doesn't mean we should completely disregard them. Like we can, we can capture their information. We can nurture them. We can send them, you know, valuable content that helps them understand their problem and understand how our solution can help with that problem mm-hmm. and kind of move them along over time um, and capture their business later on. Right. Yeah. So talking about some of those barriers, um, why don't we look at the, the actual stages of the buyer's journey? Sure. And obviously there's multiple ways to, like to break it, everybody wants to classify it their own way so they can throw their name on something. Um, sure. Say so get promotions, no. Uh, but <clears throat> you want to take a take a swing, have whichever whatever uh, kind of simplest version you've seen is so that we can have yeah. a starting point. Sure. So the simplest version, and I think it works for just just specifically thinking about the website buyer's journey is is basically three phases. And so the the first phase is just awareness. So prior to that. This person's never heard of you. Like I said, they don't. They don't know your solution. They don't know what you're about. Um, awareness is they've they've had contact with your brand. Now that might be on social media. They might have seen you at an event. They might have heard about you from a friend. Um, there's lots of ways that you can kind of go from unawareness to awareness. And keep in mind that you know the majority of humans on the planet are sitting in the unawareness bucket. And so just getting them into awareness is a big step. It, they, they've heard of you. And especially if they've heard of you and they kind of know what you do, then you're at least in their mind. And when they're looking for a solution like yours, your your brand will come to mind and they'll they'll actually reach out or, or actually look further into your into your um, into your materials, your marketing materials. Right. So that's awareness. Um, 
after awareness, the next stage that they kind of flow into, and it's it's certainly not like a hard line, but it's kind of like a like a continuum. But sort of the next stage of the continuum was, is is consideration, and so this is the the period where uh, they're aware of your brand and they're aware that they have a problem that you can solve, and so they're kind of thinking about whether or not this would be a good purchase for them. They're almost definitely considering alternatives, and alternatives aren't just your direct competitors. They might be thinking about you know, whether they can do this themselves in-house, whether they can, you know, hire someone to come do this job, whether they can purchase a tool, whether they can just use spreadsheets or whatever the case may be. There's always different alternatives that aren't just your direct competitors, but they're they're considering all of their options. And so that's why it's consideration. They're, they're thinking about what what's going to work best for them. They're, they're you know, um, they might be need, needing to get, you know, budget approval from, from, uh, people higher up in the organization. So they're trying to figure out exactly how much they're going to be able to spend for this solution, um, that sort of thing. They're just kind of weighing all of their options. And then the final stage of the buyer's journey would be would be like decision or purchase. So when they're actually, they're going, they're ready to make that move. Um, typically that involves, like I said, having a conversation with the salesperson, doing a demo, sort of that higher level bottom of funnel activity where they're, you know, they're taking steps to make to make a purchase. Um, at this decision stage, they maybe are, have weaned down their options to two or three, and they're just trying to figure out which is going to be the best best bet for us. Usually when you're at that point, there's no wrong answer. There's just a good answer and a best answer. And so they're just trying to figure out what's the best solution for their specific needs. Um, and okay. so they can make that make the right decision for, for their business. Awesome. So you mentioned a couple of things, right? Continuum. And I think a little earlier, you mentioned just like, other ways people are coming to your website to engage. Um, a lot of this comes down to that we can be addressing them with different types of content, right? So like a lot of people, they're going to find your blog post before they find a lot of site pages. Um, do you want to talk about the different types of content that someone could be showing up to your site, how those fit into the buyer's journey and how we can direct them kind of into the proper site pages based off other content we're creating? Yeah, definitely. Um, so another way to kind of think about that continuum or stages along that continuum is sort of this like this um continuum of awareness right so the the first stage would be unawareness like they're not not only are they not aware of you they're not aware that they have this problem and so right. the next stage after that is problem aware and so this is when they're when they're first becoming aware that this problem is impacting their business it's holding them back it's slowing them down it's costing them money wasting their time that sort of thing and so um during the problem aware that's sort of colder leads that are just starting to explore options. And so content for that stage is going to be very focused on the problem, helping them understand the dimensions of the problem, helping them understand how the problem is infecting their business, um, showing them examples of other companies that have faced that same problem. And so maybe throwing some statistics in there that kind of help support that this really is a problem that's worth solving. Um, you know, one of the, the number one objection, the number one, thing that we're trying to overcome as marketers is is uh, like stagnation, inactivity. Like the majority of people when faced with the problem, their decision is going to be to do, to do nothing, to just keep doing what we're doing now. And so our mm -hmm. goal during the problem stage, during that awareness stage is to um, sort of agitate the problem and make sure that and make them understand that this is a problem that can't be ignored mm -hmm. so that they, you know, actually want to look for solutions. Right. Yeah. And then... 
so after that, so they're 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 now aware they have a problem. They're like, yep, this is something that we really need to do something about. So let's move on to sort of that continue that consideration phase. Uh, and during this phase, they become solution aware. So they were problem aware. They knew they had a problem. Now they're solution aware, and so they're they're becoming aware that there are different solutions that can help them solve this problem. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, there's almost infinite alternatives that they could consider to help them solve their problem. And so during the consideration phase, it's all about helping them understand what their available options are. Um, you know, what what potential solutions, what alternatives they could use to help solve that problem. What processes could they implement to help solve that problem? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what can they do differently within their business to help solve that problem? So it's not just about the product. It's about at a high level, what can they be doing in their organization to address that problem and move things forward? And so that's kind of the solution aware consideration phase. Yeah. Um, and then the final one where they're moving into the sort of the decision phase, mm -hmm. we want to, the content there is all around um, helping them understand why your solution is the best option for them. And so now, now we get to talk about features and benefits. We can talk about, you know, pricing. We can talk about, you know, the specific aspects of your solution that uh, makes a good fit for the type, of, the type of business that you work with. So this is when you can start talking about, you know, how your solution is specifically for enterprise, you know, businesses doing X amount of revenue. And you can start narrowing down and kind of showing, showing them that, you know, if you're this type of business facing this type of problem, ours is the best alternative from all the options for you and giving them the reasons, X, Y, Z reasons. Um, the other important type of sort of content at that decision phase is, is like social proof content. So having case studies, testimonials, testimonial videos, anything that can kind of show them that it's not just me claiming that I'm awesome, but we've actually been able to get a result for real life people that look just like you that were facing the same problem you were facing. Um, you know, just from a psychological standpoint, seeing that other people that look like me have gotten a result with this business um, really helps tear down objections or fear that might be around making this buying decision. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, that was a great breakdown of what what types of content we, we can be uh, creating. Do you have recommendations for someone who says, hey, I want to start this right now, right? Like starting to create the content, where should I start? Yeah, so the way I think about uh, where you start and how you build out that content hierarchy or whatever, uh, I always think about where where can you have the greatest leverage? And typically, the in the buying process, the point of the greatest leverage is at the bottom of the funnel. It's at you know that decision phase. Um, so typically, you're going to want to start by building content from the bottom of the funnel up. So start by building content that fits into that decision phase that helps people you know understand how your solution fits into their life. Um, case studies, you know, testimonies, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I would start there because number one, you already have people that are kind of in that phase. And so creating content for them now is going to start driving results for you now. So it's, it's, it's a sooner, it's a, it's an intervention that's going to result in a, in a more, uh, like a sooner result. Right. Quicker ROI. Result. Yeah, yeah. Quicker ROI. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, being intentional about sort of the order you do things in. So then once you have that sort of bottom of funnel decision phase content, 
Uh, then you go up a level and you start talking about um, talking to people who are in the consideration phase. So talking about alternatives, talking about different processes that can help with this, mm-hmm. um, you know, comparing solutions and building that 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 layer of content. And the major benefit of doing it this way is that when you start building out that consideration phase content, you can link into your decision phase content. So you've already kind of built that foundation of like, this is content that we know is proven to help move people into the sales process. So when you build content in the consideration phase and you link it into that decision phase, solution phase content, it moves people along the buyer's journey. It literally moves them from consideration into decision. Um, And then obviously the final stage would be to start doing awareness problem type content at the top. So kind of meeting people where they are when they're first exploring the problem. Um, One of the benefits of that type of content is that you can catch people when they first start having this problem and you can become an expert voice that's in their head throughout this whole process. So you, you, you know, if you're the first result they see in Google when they look for a solution or you're the first, um, when they start asking their network, you're the first name that comes up, you know, for, for someone that can help with that problem. You just get all of this sort of like reputational benefit and it, that, that sticks in their mind as they move through consideration, as they start considering different alternatives. And then when they move into the decision phase, you're the first name on their list. And so hitting them at that awareness stage um, yeah. becomes really valuable in the long term. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, okay. Let's jump. We start creating our buyer journey, right? They, they, or we, have the, we have it mapped out. We're starting to create the content. We have enough data coming back from the content, right? Traffic, uh, MQLs, all the results and stuff that we normally see through the business. Yeah. What should we be looking at? What should we be going in and tweaking um, across all of our, our buyer's journey in order to make sure that it's optimized to actually attract the right people and move them along? Yeah, 100%. That's a good question. So when we're thinking about you know, what sort of metrics we want to be tracking, what we want to be looking for as we're creating this content and then measuring this content. So all those things you mentioned. So we want to look at um, things like page views. Um, We want to also look at, you know, how many, basically the overall objective is to track and understand how many people are moving through the buyer's journey and where they're falling off. So, you know, we think of it as a funnel. And so naturally there's always going to be some funnel, some fall off at every stage. Um, but by understanding, you know, how many people come into us at this awareness stage and then how many of those that came in at awareness stage moved on to consideration and started consuming our sort of warm consideration type content. And then Mm -hmm. how many of those people moved on and started considering, you know, moving into sort of our hot sales type content, um, and just understanding those breakdowns. So that's, that's a really good, good place to start and think about, you know, just just from an optimization standpoint, you can kind of see where there's the biggest breakdown there, where there's the biggest fall off. You know, if we're, if we're noticing that, you know, we get lots of people in to- with our problem content and they're kind of coming in at awareness, but then there's this huge drop off when we start talking about different alternatives or different solutions um, for them to consider, well, then that's somewhere you're going to want to apply energy, apply effort, apply budget to, to improve that, to reduce that drop off and kind of figure out how you can move people into that next stage. Um, So the specific metrics might be looking at like CTA clicks, click rates on the pages. So, you know, we have, we have Mm -hmm. links on this page that move them further in the, in the journey, how many people are clicking on those links to move forward. Um, You also want to pay attention to things like bounce rate and exit rate, 
because that's people that are just saying, this is not for me. And they're just totally leaving. And sometimes that might be the right thing. Maybe it isn't for them. And that's fine. But being aware of which of your pages on your site are causing people to just up and leave, um, there's an opportunity there to, to try to make those pages more enticing and make those next steps more enticing so that people don't want to leave, so that they do want to stay on your site, keep engaging with your content, and kind of keep moving through that process. Right. All right, man. So the last one I'm going to send your way as we're wrapping up. Ready. What are the common mistakes you see marketers and businesses make in regard to their buyer's journey? So I think I mentioned it earlier, but it's it's an important one. So I'll reiterate. Um, when people think about building a website to sell a product or a solution, um, much of the time, too much emphasis is too much emphasis is put on on us, on me, on you know how awesome we are, you know mm-hmm. where where we started, why we started, where we come from, you know, talking about you know why we built our solution this way. What's so great about our product? Look at these cool features. It has 6,000 megahertz and (laughs) XYZ. And they don't spend enough time thinking, empathizing with the end user and empathizing with their experience, what they're going through, what they're facing, what their challenges are, and creating content that speaks to them and where they are. Um, I just, I see that way too much in so many websites, even websites from pretty big companies, you'll, you'll see that, that same pattern of just, mm-hmm. it's just me, 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 and people can't find themselves in that journey. Yeah. Um, something, sorry, just to go off no, that. Please. So like, I'm against having the about page in the nav, uh, but I'm also yeah. for testing, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but like we had one client who they had their company page as the first page in the nav, right? And everybody was clicking on it. Like it was highly trafficked. We just bumped it down so it was only in the footer. And all of the traffic that was going to the company page now went into all of the buyer journey pages. Right. Um, just like that. But a different client, when we moved it to the footer, they, everyone actually went down to the footer and would just click on it from there. Like they, it had to be part of the journey based on the right. brand and like how people wanted to associate with it. Right. And so instead, we optimized the about page to include right. the links inside the buyer journey to catch people where they're at. 100%. Uh, but yeah, yeah there's the, definitely like products that, uh, and solutions that are very much, um, like personal, like Mm -hmm. if you're going to hire like a service, like you want to know who these people are, you want to know like what they, what they do, how they think, what their approach is. And so having a really strong about page for that type of business makes total sense. And just make sure that it's not a dead end. We we talk a lot about dead end pages and how, you know, that's, can be such a damaging thing to your you know, overall growth performance. So if, if you are going to optimize a, an about page, just make sure that it has a narrative that makes sense. It has content that helps people see things the way you want to see them mm-hmm. and want to make the next step with your business, kind of move into that buyer's journey. So yeah. once they kind of check the box of like, yep, these guys are cool. I wouldn't mind hanging out with them and working with them. Okay, now what? And having the now what on that page is absolutely essential because people are lazy. They're just going to leave. If you don't give them something to do, they're just going to go, you know, hop on over to Twitter and see what's on. (laughs) See the chaos. Chaos, yeah. All right. Uh, Well, I think that wraps up for today. Thank you for joining me. There's some good insights. We're going to have a lot of good, uh, like, sound bites from this one. Um, Yeah. For everyone listening, make sure you 
subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.